Welcome back to the Red Dice Diaries RPG podcast. This episode is going out on Monday, so I hope you're all having a great start to your week. With the current global situation, many people are turning to online gaming to get their RPG fix nowadays. This has seen a rise in the use of virtual tabletops and also conventions taking place online. Today we're joined by a special guest, Mark Palmer, who is going to talk about the Albacon Charity RPG Con. Okay, so we're joined by Mark Palmer today here on the Red Dice Diaries RPG podcast. Thank you very much for joining us today, Mark. Thanks very much for having me, John. No problem at all. So you reached out to us on Twitter and you wanted to talk about Albacon, which I know you're involved with running. Yeah, I did, yeah. And you very kindly invited me on the show. Yeah, Albacon is a convention that we're running. It's an online virtual convention. Yeah. And it's taking place on the 3rd and 4th of October. And the idea kind of originated in Scotland because a group of us kind of who know each other through Tabletop Scotland decided that we kind of wanted to run a convention to raise some money for charity. But essentially the the convention is, we've created time slots and and the aim is that the convention is essentially, you know, is as international as it it can possibly be. We have time slots that run right through the night in UK time, but line up very nicely for kind of the evening and in, in the US, so the idea being that we can almost play kind of right around the clock, essentially. Well, that's one of the advantages of like, the virtual format, isn't it? That you can get people jump on at times that are convenient for them, and it's easy yeah, for people who aren't yeah. in the same location to get involved. Yeah, and that, that was that was kind of the, the, the whole this whole idea kind of came about with the. Well, so it was a long story actually, because uh, it started in 2016. My my then eight year old son was diagnosed with leukemia. Okay. And he's now 12, and he's now doing fine. Uh, but it's a long period of treatment, and and in that, in amongst that, it, throughout that process, you encounter a, a number of different charities who are really, really good to you. One of them is it's good to give, uh, who are this year's uh, partner charity, and they run they, they do a lot of practical help for kind of kids with cancer on the ward on, on the hospital wards. But they also they also have a, an amazing purpose built uh, retreat on the shores of Loch Fenica. And so what we wanted to do is we wanted to do with Tabletop Scotland and UK Games Expo being cancelled. Yeah. Uh, myself and David Wright, who's one of the organisers of, of Tabletop Scotland, we kind of got together and we thought, why can't we do a, a, an online virtual convention and why can't we do it for charity? Uh, so we identified it's good to give us a charity and that's kind of what brought us to this point. Uh, so it's a few months away and we're kind of trying to do uh, promotion work to make sure that people know about it and we've also been working to get sponsors online so we've got a lot of, a lot of fairly big name sponsors we've got uh, chaosium are involved uh, sirenscape pelgrim press and there are a few kind of independent games or companies and you know essentially accessory makers as well like yeah. handiwork games and um, uh, various kind of like smaller enterprises uh, so that's kind of where we are at the moment and you've very kindly invited me on to kind of talk about it oh no problem at all i mean i i do a lot of my sort of gaming online myself personally and i've done for a long time but obviously with the current sort of global situation a lot of people who are into rpging even if they've not used virtual tabletops before are sort of turning to online gaming and as you've said a lot of the sort of in-person conventions have unfortunately had to be cancelled which is obviously the right thing to do for safety measures etc but i'm hoping that this will lead to a lot more people discovering that they they can actually game online obviously conventions like the one that you guys are running is like a big part of getting people involved in that sort of idea and seeing that it's not a sort of scary thing yeah absolutely yeah Uh, because i've played online as a 
as, as I mentioned, my son my son was was very sick from about 2016 onwards. Yeah. So kind of going out and playing in physical spaces was kind of difficult because I could have to leave in the middle of an you know you, you may suddenly take ill and have to go to the hospital. So being in a physical space wasn't really helpful for us as a family. So I played online despite the fact that a lot of the people that I played with were local, and we've can, kind of continued online because it works. Yeah. But a lot of people, yeah, when 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 coronavirus really really hit and everybody started playing online, there were a lot of people. You could see a lot of people on various Facebook groups who just didn't know where to start with it. Yes. Uh, and I think as time has passed, time has passed, that's got easier, and, and more and more people are doing it. And, and more to the point, some of the virtual tabletops have scaled scaled their servers up so they can actually cope with the demand, which is <laughs> which is kind of kind of good. We wanted we wanted Albacon to be this online convention because Tabletop Scotland is very much a convention that takes place in a physical space. Yes. It's hugely successful, and it's also part of it is a large part of Tabletop Scotland is it's kind of the wider tabletop hobby, which is kind of board gaming and so on. And, and so we didn't want to confuse ourselves with 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 that for instance providing board gaming facilities in, in, a, in a, a virtual space is a wee bit more complicated so we, we yeah. kept it to exclusively uh, rpgs because that's something that we're, we're all a big fan of i'm a huge dungeons and dragons fan and dungeon crawl classics all those kind of things and we want to kind of bring people from around the world together really yeah, I was going to ask, because you mentioned um, D&D, obviously in preparation for this I was reading your bio on the Albacon website, which is albacon.co.uk, so for anyone who's listening, go and check that out, uh, and in your bio it said that you took like quite a lengthy hiatus from the hobby, and you sort of came back in 2016 when you discovered 5th edition? Yeah, I probably, I mean, it's all back in the midst of time now, but I know that I've, I have kind of, I've found kind of bits of paper and scraps and notes that I reckon I could date to about 1994, and I think that's yeah. roughly when I, so I got into I got into D and D in about nineteen eighty two when somebody handed me the the, the Moldvay box set. It was a friend of my dad's so he just didn't it didn't stick with him when he bought it and he gave it to me and it kind of started, it lit this fire under me and through that I played mostly basic and expert D&D up yeah. until about 1994 and then I kind of just drifted away you know you, you, you get a job you move in with mates and flats you That's it. that kind of stuff <laughs> uh, and in 2016 it was just like I, I kind of went down that road that everybody usually probably go I'll, I'll just buy this this set for the kids <laughs> and I bought the starter set and it was like yeah that's not enough I'm going to have to buy more of this stuff uh, and I got into 5th edition and I love 5th edition it's fantastic it's a fantastic edition it's kind of for the older guys like myself, it's it's very reminiscent of that kind of early, early yeah. gaming experience as well. It has that running right through it. And and then I've kind of got back into it with a vengeance since then. So I play a bit of Dungeon Crawl Classics, about 13th age. There's a fair few games, but predominantly in the fantasy space. But yeah, Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons was obviously my first love and still my kind of my biggest gaming love, I guess. Yes, I mean, it, it's a familiar story to me because I had a, had a fairly lengthy hiatus from the hobby myself due to um, health reasons because I was like diagnosed with like, epilepsy, so I wasn't able to drive or anything like that so i found it difficult to travel to games um and i pretty much stopped playing until i I sort of got involved in like reading a few things about rpgs online and someone said to me oh we're running a game online do do you fancy getting involved and that sort of led to me like discovering like virtual tabletops and then as you were saying you know throwing myself back into the hobby and really getting involved in it that's why i think conventions like albacon are a great thing because it's sort of reaching out to people who might have heard a little bit about online gaming but they don't really know a great deal about it so if someone if someone's listening to this and they want to get involved in albacon either as a player or as a gm what should they be doing well so the first the first thing to do is to visit the the, the website which is albacon.co.uk so uh, albacon.co.uk alba being uh, gaelic for scotland and um, but it's not exclusive a Scottish event, if not, it's for, it's for everyone. For, from the website, you can you can sign up to uh, to run a game. So we don't have any players sign up at the moment because uh, uh, that'll come a bit further down the line. We don't actually know the pricing at the moment, but the, the idea will be because it's for charity, the pricing will be per game. So when you, 
the GM won't pay, but if you come in as a player, then you will pay per game, per table. That's kind of how it will work. And then that money's all going to the, to the charity everything, afterwards. Everything yeah. is going to, it's good to give. So we, we, there will be, there are very little costs in running this kind of this kind of convention, so pretty much all of the money will go to, to it's good to give. I was going to say, I suppose that's like a big advantage, because if you were running a an in-person convention, donating money to charity, obviously you've got to cover like your rental of the, the space that you're having the game in, you've got to rent your tables, yeah. stuff like that. You've got to have people who are volunteers or whatever sort of there running it. I know obviously you guys have got volunteers involved in running it online, but I'm assuming, like you say, the, the sort of capital outlay is there, there, much there, less. Yeah, there's no capital outlay, really. Sticking up a website really is all, all the capital outlay that's yeah. involved. The other good thing about running online is, is that it's very scalable. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we get more demand than we're anticipating, then you know, that scales very easily because we don't, if you were in a physical space, you would you would, you would have a limit on, on how many people could play. Whereas we don't have that limit, it'll just scale up and it should be seamless, yeah. Yeah, and I suppose with the with the online gaming, like say if you've if you're running an in person game, you've got a, a set space. You know, you can have X amount of tables yeah. and X games in it. But as you say, because it's online, the, the only limit you've got in terms of games is how many GMs sign up to That's run games. That's entirely yeah. Which is why we're which is why we're really actively encouraging GMs to sign up um, at this point because you know the, the the more the more GMs you can get signed up early on, the more we kind of know what we're working with, um, yeah. and that's that's really really useful. And I can see I'm looking at your um, your sort of GM sign up screen now, and that all looks really nice and simple to use. You know, you fill in what system you want to run, what, what your name and your email address is, what your yeah. maximum number of players is. I, I like the fact you've got a like, little sort of contact content tags that yeah. you can tick. So if you, cause obviously, we know there's been a, a big push to ensure that there's sort of content management and like safety tools in place yeah. in RPGs, and quite rightly so recently. So it's nice to see you've got these content tags so if you if you're going to have like themes of horror or potentially adult themes yeah. you can tick that and the players can make an informed choice about what game they yeah, want absolutely, to get involved yeah. in. and we also we, we're also we insist on safety tools uh, yeah. as part of what we're doing at albacon so x card is a minimum but if, if if the gm wants to bring in something that's kind of stronger than that more detailed than that then we, we would support the gm all the way and, and bringing that in yeah and i think that's a, a really great thing to say because obviously as you were saying although it's a, a sort of Scottish run con. You want to make it as accessible, Absolutely, as available yeah. to as many people and as inclusive as, as inclusive as possible. Yeah, is really yeah, of what, course. What we're looking to do. That's the beauty of that's the beauty of these conventions. You can come along and you can you could be playing with anybody, and that's great. It's, it's such a it's such a great thing to meet people from different walks of life and to kind of share that experience of playing a game with them. Uh, so I, I yeah. as part of my inverted commas user research for this. I've been taking part in a few online conventions. So, and, and one of the great things about all these physical conventions going online is that you know there's things like GaryCon that I could never have really physically gone. It's just too yeah. far away. I could. T- I, I managed to play in playing GaryCon. I played in DCC Days Online last night. I ran a I ran a, a session there, and there are various kind of UK games expos going online. So we'll be able. To, I'll be doing a fair bit of research on you know what works and what doesn't work in that that virtual space for a convention. Yeah. No, that sounds great. Um, and like like you say, one one of the great things about these is you can you can game with people from other walks of life, and you can sort of expand your your pool of acquaintances and people you know that you can game with. I certainly know for myself, since starting to game mainly online, uh, I game with people in different countries, different continents yeah. around the world. Now, people who, without the sort of fabulous technology that enables us to do this, I would never have even had a chance to meet. Yeah, in, in, in my with. in my weekly game, I have a, we have one guy in. 
in Michigan and another in uh, just outside San Francisco. So while the rest of us are in Scotland, there are two that are right on the other side of the world, and it just works, and, and, and we form great friendships. Yes, it's uh, a lot like um, myself. I'm running a, I'm running a Vampire Fifth Edition game at the minute, really, like myself and two players. And obviously, I, I'm here in England. We've got another player in Finland and another player in New Zealand, and. I would have never even had a chance to meet those people. Never I'd mind form the, friendships with them and game with them. Absolutely, I'd say the I'd say the guy in the the player in New Zealand makes your scheduling kind of challenging. Yeah, he he, <laughs> he is a trooper, bless him. He he gets up like very early six in the morning. morning or something. Yeah. Yeah, we had a, I, I used to play with a guy in Australia that did the same. He used to get up at six o'clock on a Saturday morning. God bless him. Yeah, we um we've had quite a few games where we've been sort of like oh it's like it's like a. Twelve o'clock, like midnight here, and we're like, "Oh, I really should be going to bed." And he's like, "Oh yeah, I should get up and like start doing some stuff in a minute." Yeah, start doing it. Yeah. So it's a uh, it's a bit challenging. And I used to game with a lot of people in America, and I'd sort of I can't I can't sort of handle the the early mornings now so much. But uh, I, I used to be up until sort of like three, four in the morning because of the time differences. So there are there, there are still challenges online. But to, to bring it back to Albacom, one of the the things I like here is you've got. The GMs, when they submit their game, they can pick different slots. So obviously, yeah. you can jump on it as a player, look for slots that are going to suit your time yeah. schedule, and then sort of use that to inform what games you want to get involved I, I'm in. Sure, I'm sure there are a few people in the UK who have visited the site who are, who their eyebrows were raised at the 0100 to 0500 slot. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. the understanding is is that I think if if you're looking at the east coast of America, I think that's 8 p.m. till uh, midnight or something like that. So it's not it's not that crazy a slot, but it seems I guess it seems mad if you're sitting here in the UK and you're looking at that slot and thinking who wants. To game at that time yeah I'd, <laughs> I'd definitely need a strong cup of coffee if i was going to be gaming at that time of, you need a lot of coffee but that's uh, you know yeah uk gamers who are insomniacs yeah feel free to sign up for that <laughs> slot but it's kind of predominantly aimed at people in other time zones because not only is it kind of even in america but i think uh when we did the calculations it works out in the sort of you know australia new zealand that works out kind of mid-morning so so it's kind of good for that as well so that's we're, we're kind of trying to get that global reach basically yeah and as you were saying earlier i know a lot of online conventions that are sort of primarily online will run for essentially a 24-hour period as you were saying but obviously it's it's almost like a sort of relay race where different people coming in and sort of different people going out related to their own their own sort of schedules yeah. and their own time zones so, so kind of how this came about initially was because about a, back in 2018 there were seven of us we did a to raise money for the sick kids in edinburgh sick kids hospital in edinburgh they have a they have a, a, a thing called save point where you play for 24 hours yeah and um, we raised like four thousand pounds or something just by playing 24 hours and i think we came out of it thinking we'd love to do that again but there was not a single one of us Put her hand up to the idea of playing for twenty four hours solid again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you've ever, if you've ever, if you've ever played that uh, role playing games for twenty four hours solid, you walk out of that room at the end of it thinking, I never want to pick up another role playing game again. <laughs> It, it reminds me very much like if you sit down and you watch like all the Lord of the Rings films and you sort of walk out and you're in a bit of a daze you're like oh I don't really know what's going on yeah that, that let's just say that the 4am to 7am slot was a tough one yeah <laughs> I, I, I can imagine congratulations on raising that amount of money and, and that's kind of that's that's kind of what brought me to this point I've been nagging Dave uh, right from uh, Tabletop Scotland for a wee while now and eventually he bit and I was like right okay let's see what we can do and, and Dave has a lot of contacts a lot of experience because he's organised a physical convention so you know I, I, I think that we're going to make a huge success of it and, and by making a huge success of it we're going to raise a lot of money for uh, hopefully raise a lot of money for it's good to give for my family have been they've been a lifesaver you know they, they really yeah. kind of lit 
lit up, uh, lit up our kind of our world in a really dark time. So I'll be forever grateful to them. So whatever I can do to raise money for a fantastic charity, then, I, then that's what I want to do. And I think it's nice as well because obviously the, there's a lot of sort of, let's say, darkness around at the minute there in is, terms yeah. of things that are going on. So it's really nice, especially through RPGs, but just in general, it's really nice to see someone taking action and doing something that's got a more positive vein to it, you know, trying to help people out. So that's really great to see. And I'd, I'd, well, encourage, I'd encourage anyone who's listening to, to go along to albacon.co.uk, uh, get involved, have a look at that. I'm certainly going to be looking to sign up to GM a game for Alba, Albacon. So anyone who's listening to this, go and have a look along. Obviously, as you say, the, the player slots aren't open yet, but presumably they'll be open. Yeah, but we're, we're still looking to kind of come in agreement on kind of when we're going to open those slots. Obviously, we okay. want to get the GMs on board first, and then we'll make an announcement as to when we're opening those player slots. Uh, because October's still a few months away, so yes. we've got a wee bit of time to pick up some GMs and then get players in that in, in that space. Just you know, in the run up to in the run up to going to the actual the date of the event. So the date of the event is the third and fourth of October. So we've got I think we had like 112 or 113 days yeah. from now until then, or from the point where we're recording this anyway. Okay, and this episode should be going out on Monday, so tomorrow as we're recording it. Okay. So hopefully that'll give people plenty of time to to yeah, listen to it. Hopefully drum up some more support for it. Yeah. For a very good cause, as you say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so Mark, before we wrap up, is there anything else you'd like to say in closing about Albacon? I just want to encourage people to sign up. We're not only are we going to have uh, gaming slots, but we're looking to run a parallel track as well with seminars and various kind of workshops and so on. So we've, we've okay. got a few we've got a few people in the industry on board uh, who are going to take part in in, in those kind of seminars. We've got people from Pelgrim Press. We've got. Uh, we're talking to Daniel Bishop, who writes a lot of Dungeon Crawl Classics videos. He's been very, very uh, kind to us and given us his time. So we'll make more announcements about that as, as, as we kind of firm up that. But there, there, there will be two tracks, a gaming track and a kind of seminar video content track. And obviously, I know that there is um, there's an Albacon RPG Twitter account that, that's putting out news about yeah. the latest goings on. Obviously, you've got the website albacon.co.uk. Yeah, there's a Facebook page as well. You can You can find links to all those things from the actual website. Yeah. Uh, so the, the Twitter link, the the Facebook link. So yeah, sign up to the to follow us on Twitter. Sign up to the Facebook group. You'll you'll find us a friendly bunch and willing to kind of have a chat with you about things. If you've got any questions about whether you know how, what you need to do to become a GM, any any questions about the process, then just reach out to us and we'll we'll be happy to kind of explain how it works and see if we can help you. Okay. So again, Monk, thank you very much for joining us today. If you're if you're interested in getting involved in Albacon, and I heartily encourage you to go and have a look at it. You can check out albacon.co.uk and as Mark was saying there are links on there to the Twitter Facebook and social media of the convention and all the news about that as it's updated will be placed on those so have a look get involved it's for a very worthy cause thank you very much again for joining us Mark thank you very much for having me John much appreciated no problem at all 